0: Comics,
1: movies, music,
0: video games,
1: technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Gather together from the cosmic reaches of the universe... Here in this great hall of justice are the most powerful forces of good ever assembled. I am Supergirl.
2: I am the Flash.
0: My name is Oliver Queen. I had to become the Green Arrow.
1: Dedicated to true justice and peace.
0: For all mankind hey everybody welcome to DC TV podcast episode 105 and yes we've been on summer vacation I've been in summer camp as a CIT much like the guys in uh, meatballs you know uh, we've been out swimming we, we put the camp counselor's bed out in the middle of the lake <laughs> uh, what have you guys been doing on your summer vacation?
1: I've been having beach parties with Frankie and Annette. wham summertime. summertime. Okay.
2: I've been swimming with all of the sharks, all of them. Every shark, yeah, all of them. I've just been swimming. You know, sometimes I'll just punch one in the face, you know, if they get too close. be like, come here. Yeah, you
0: shark, punch hey, in the face. Hey, shark face. All right, Atkinson. Come here, come here, Wap. <laughs>
2: Putting ants in Daryl's sleeping bag, which is actually a Snuggie.
0: Yeah, we're going to pour honey in there and then put some red ants in there and kind of zip it up and leave them to his own devices. But uh, tonight we're talking, of course, to the North American uh, uh, um, uh, Regional Director of Soul Happy Go-Go, Ms. Jerry Atkinson.
2: Yes, that is I. That's I.
0: And the it's man... By
2: oh, 15% I need. 15%, that's all I need. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and the man who kept... And the man who now, after a recent episode of Preacher, has to take back every bet when he said, oh, I'll do that when pigs fly, Mr. Richard the chub Shelton.
1: I wonder how floating
0: pig, pig bacon tastes. I just... Hair star's like, little dry one-offs were really great. They were right out of the book, too. And, and the actor they have playing Hairstar is perfect, I thought. Uh, well cast Because yeah. he just has that acerbic mm-hmm. kind of wit and stuff. And again, straight out of the book, you know, a lot, of, a lot of little allusions out of the book. These in these past few episodes, um, they mentioned Angelville, uh, the way he dispo- mm-hmm. the way he disposes of uh, the scene of killers in, in this episode. We're going to talk about right now, um, which yeah. is is called. Let me yeah, get the title right. Oh, we're going to do. I'm sorry, we're going to do the recap at the end of the show. We're going to recap Preacher because that is the DC TV show that has been going on mm-hmm. um, in the summertime while well, we've been out making sandcastles and riding the roller coasters and all that fun stuff. Um, let's do the news real quick. While we we're gone, uh, Carlos Carmona posted uh, an article from io9 on the DC uh, TV podcast Facebook group. And if you're not a member, please join. Uh, we try to throw up a lot of news up there. Plus Aaron uh, newworth from uh, the Walking Dead TV podcast, who we, uh, who we cast with quite a few times, uh, both there and on his podcast, uh, Nothing's On, or Nothing's On. Um, uh, out now, out now with Aaron and Abe. I'm so sorry. i may have to edit that now. <sighs> out now with Aaron and Abe. Um, he has been reviewing Preacher for the young folks.com. And we've been linking to those reviews in the DC TV podcast, Facebook groups. So you can get to them from there. But anyway, io nine, uh, self, uh, appointed arbiter of geekdom, I suppose, uh, put out all 28 DC animated original movies ranked in a list. They're missing the new one, though. Now, yeah, they're, they're missing... Oh, well, no, it's in here. It's in here.
2: That's in the display
0: one. Yeah. Um, not, real quick, you guys, you two, and I, I yeah. mentioned this to you before, so hopefully you, you thought about it a minute or two. What would be your top three? Just off the top of your head. All-Star Superman is, like, so close to the source material it hurts. It's awesome. Batman Year One is really great. Uh, the Batman Dark Knight Returns with the uh, the 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 uh, um, the, uh, the Peter Weller Batman, you know, RoboCop himself, voicing Batman. That was oh,
1: awesome. Um, mine is actually an all in my, one of my top three, you know, a, an elsewhere type world, and that's the Gods and Monsters one. Oh, was, I really like that one. That was a good one.
0: What do you What do you think, Jerry? What would be your like top three?
2: Justice League, Gods and Monsters for sure.
0: That was a good one.
2: Wonder Woman in Green Lantern Emerald Nights. I really liked
0: it. I saw Wonder Woman when it premiered in New York Comic Con in 2009.
1: Oh, that yes. Wonder Woman is a good
0: one. That's a great one. I mean, it was really cool. Gail Simone wrote it, and uh, it was uh, yeah. uh, uh, Jerry Russell from the Americans uh, voicing <laughs> Wonder Woman. I think Nathan Fillion did Steve Trevor for that. Well, one one thing that... that I... oh, go ahead, man. Oh. Uh, one thing that upsets
1: me looking at this list is Killing Joke and Dark Knight Returns 1 and 2. Now, they put Dark Knight Returns 1 and 2 up there at number 7. I don't know if it deserves that high, maybe, maybe not. But the reason and that I, that just the painful memory of it is because those are two properties that I absolutely love. Like when I just think of comics, I think of Dark Knight Returns. I think of the Killing Joke, especially Batman but they just did not do them justice. No.
0: Right. Yeah. The yeah, the Killing Joke was a huge disappointment with all that barber stuff. Um I thought Dark Knight Returns was was better than a lot of people gave it credit for. Like I said, um I liked it. Peter it just... Peter Weller with the, as the older Batman I thought worked really well. And I'm a huge Kevin Conroy fan, so it's me saying that it really did work for me. But yeah. the the top 3 of their their top 3 um yeah. Justice League Crisis on Two Earths which is pretty epic. I mean, that's James Woods it's as, as Owl Man, that Gina Torres as um, Superwoman. You got like them fighting the, uh, you know, the Earth Three Injustice League. You know, the Injustice Gang. Uh, number two was Flashpoint, uh-uh. nope. which I liked, but that high oh, up
1: on the list of no, nope. oh. nope. it.
0: it was a story I didn't like in the comics, like even worse in the cartoon, and because I, uh...
1: I enjoyed. I enjoyed the Flashpoint comics. I I was I, I think I enjoyed because I actually have like every ancillary title, all the stuff from that, and like all of the the one offs and all of that stuff. A lot of those were really really good. the The Flashpoint, the proper seven issues or whatever it was, was, eh. I mean, I I enjoyed it. It kind of lost it for me a little bit in the middle, but um, I mean the stuff like the the little Batman miniseries with Thomas and Martha and whatnot from that was fantastic and
0: everything and yeah but even they, but 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 what you probably liked about it was the alternate world and like them kind of world building going deep into that and that cartoon didn't have any of that it's no, like no, it's like okay, okay here's here's Shazam hold on just, hold on wait wait hey okay. you you talk let me talk okay yeah. thanks buddy <laughs> I mean they said okay here's Shazam there's seven kids now. Okay? Here's Cyborg. He's the main character now. What? Uh, here, <laughs> here, here, here are Aquaman and uh, and uh, Wonder Woman slaughtering children and fighting each other to the death. No explanation. No depth. No, like, going into that world and oh. explaining any of the background or the context or any of that. It was just brutal and, like, ripped off anime and, like, condensed. It was like a Superman Doomsday version of the of the reign of Superman, but on Flashpoint. I felt. Okay. Thanks. You
1: yeah. know, though, I wonder if because i Really did dive deep into the books when they came out. If having that knowledge made me enjoy the film more, maybe I need to it, go back and look. You at were
2: filling in the blanks that the rest of us exactly. Because
1: yeah, I I remember just loving it. I I don't know about it being number two out of the
0: ranking, but well, I their number did. their number one is Batman Under the Red Hood, which I would probably put in the top ten. Which is a good yeah, one. Um, it was a good one, but like they've Wonder, Wonder Woman is number New Frontier four. Ranks higher than- yeah, they have Wonder oh. Woman at number 4 all All-Star Superman at number five, and then okay. New Frontier at number six. And I feel like those should be the top three. Okay. I mean, I don't know. That's that's my opinion. I like the Dark Knight Returns. I like I think Batman Year One is a lot better than people remember. Um. Okay. Justice League, Dark, Justice League Dark was cool, and like you guys said, Gods and Monsters was kind of forgotten. Um, yeah. that, that Superman versus the Elite was good, um, but they have all the um, they have all the uh, um, like new Damian, and Bruce stuff like at the bottom of the list, pretty much. And then they have Emerald Knights down at twenty three, like below, right. that, below all that stuff. Travis. It wasn't that bad. It was kind of condensation of stuff, but it wasn't that bad. I mean, it wasn't Mm -hmm. one of the worst. I'll tell you what the absolute worst is, and they don't have it at the very bottom of the list, was, um, they have Killing Joke at the bottom of the list, by the way. They have the is Killing Joke. And I can see their point with the whole, um, well, Batman Batgirl sex and and all that stuff. I can totally get where they're coming from on that. But the absolute worst was the very first one they did. It was Superman Doomsday. Because it was like they were trying to put, like, four years of continuity into an 89-minute cartoon, and it just did not work. Yeah, it's just too much. Yeah, but anyway, hey, we we're geeks. We like to argue about lists. Yay!
2: Honestly, they lost me with the disclaimer when they when they kind of spell out that this is only the the twenty whatever uh, um, films that were part of the DC animated like post Bruce Timms, and I'm like, well, no, because all the good stuff was then. <laughs> <laughs> How can you even have a list without Batman Beyond's Return of the Joker? Mm.
0: It's the oh man,
2: I was really upset. Like or, you know, or uh-huh. Batman,
0: Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Wait, love that movie! Oh my god, this is so good.
2: What do,
1: yeah, what I was doing? wondering why that I'm wasn't on this
0: list. list, but I'm with you on yeah, Return do, of the Joker. A
2: piece of crap! Like like woke up yesterday and wrote this list. It was it was cheated for me. I didn't like it. Yeah. I just don't know why you would exclude all that. I don't know why the, that stipulation was imposed on this list.
0: I don't know. Yeah, it says you just uh, he excised all the Bruce Tim stuff. Yeah. Any movies True. related to Bruce Tim's animated universe are not here. You also miss out on uh, Justice League Starcrossed with that that hour that yeah. movie movie length story that they did. You miss out Who on like, that? Uh, what is that? Was it Mystery of the Bat that was pretty decent, actually. Oh, Sub Zero. Uh, that was a cool animated movie. Pardon my pun. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of a weird, arbitrary thing to throw in it. Was but...
1: that the the two part episode the
0: the with Mister Freeze? No, it was a, a made made for video movie with Mister Freeze. It's oh, that's It's, a, that it's one. an original story. You should check it out if you haven't. It. It's pretty decent. Because that one.
1: What is I can't remember the title, but the Mr. Free that that two part
0: that's hard advice. Yeah,
1: that that should be just a movie all in itself. Yeah. I love that.
0: that no, one. this yeah. is like further on, uh, down. The the episode with him and like the Walt Disney guy too, with Mr. Freeze and the Walt do you remember that one? Yeah. Like you're building like this little like uh Bioshock type deal out in the ocean and uh yeah. he needs Mr. Freeze's technology to do it. And, yeah, good times, good times.
2: Great times.
1: Great times.
0: Um we got a little you know tip- Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I don't know what what.
1: Oh, I was just gonna <laughs> say, um just I was just looking over the list some more and Teen Titans, Judas Contract. I think I'd probably
0: rank that higher than fourteen. Yeah. It was decent. It was pretty actually it was surprisingly close to the book considering, you know, like the themes yeah. they had to deal with there and stuff. Um, <clears throat> there's an artic- article here also on DCTV Podcast Facebook group. Why the Legion of Superheroes needs to be the CW crossover of
2: 2017.
0: Hmm. Uh, we did see Monel go off into Parts Unknown in that weird portal, Bailey. Remember? When they uh, get shot off of Earth or else die. Right. Yeah. We we're, uh, oh, yeah. were all hoping for die, but instead they shot him into space. Um... That would, uh, I don't know, that would be an interesting thing. I don't know if they have the budget for Legion of Superheroes, really. Um, It would be interesting to see them try to do it, though. I mean, they did the JSA. I'd love to see it. I love the Legion, so. Um, Interesting note, too, that they came out with the um, the titles of all the episodes of the uh, four-part crossover this year. And they all have the word great in the title. Uh, One is like greater good, one is great foes, or greater foes. Um, uh, greater, greater, great mayhem. They all have the word great. So, and that's I, great. That's isn't great. that great? I so great. great. Yeah, but that's I'm thinking great. Big, but I'm thinking you know, it's, it reminds me when they say great. The only thing I think of is like Great Darkness Saga, which is also a great you know, a Legion story. But I mean, the big bad and the you know, spoiler for a 30 year old comic uh, was <laughs> was Dark Side. You know, it turned out to be, and there's no way they're going to use Dark Side in the in the TV show. That's just not going to happen.
2: Oh, okay.
1: I don't think they will. So, is it is it is the whole crossover? You know, make DC great again. Is that the theme? Oh gosh. Let's hope not.
0: The way that's working out for him, I let's hope no.
2: Is. gentlemen. Uh,
0: I just wanted to thank Ken Jr. for the uh, poster he made of the three of us. That was awesome. I'm glad, Go I, I'm glad I got to be Jesse. That was awesome. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and okay, also... Well, let's uh, see
2: Jesse take I'll some like, rounds to the chest with a bulletproof vest, okay? Let's see that.
0: My favorite was... Okay. Um, yeah. My favorite was uh, Daryl as Hair Star though. That, <laughs> that's that's just creepy. He almost looks like Blofeld or something, you yeah. <laughs> know? Like he's waiting for you to come into you know you're come into his lair or something. Um, we have a couple of additions to the Arrow cast this season. First we have uh, Richard Dragon is coming to Arrow. And if Richard Dragon is coming, can the question be close behind? I don't know.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. and
0: um, um also the woman who played Cherry Bang on Glow. Did you guys see Glow on Netflix? Yes, it was yeah. fantastic.
2: Phenomenal
0: Yeah, she was awesome in it too. Um She's playing uh, Samantha Watson, uh, uh, an FBI agent who is being sent to investigate Oliver Queen's connection to the Green Arrow. Um, says here in the, the her um, little bio for her character, intelligent, poised, with no-nonsense attitude. She won't rest until all of Oliver Queen's secrets are revealed. Oh. Once we find out who died on the island and stuff and who didn't, I guess. Uh, oh we started getting casting for uh the Titans TV show Yep That's going to be on the uh, um the streaming service that they actually have only nebulously announced so far. I mean we've got um so far we they, they've announced this show and the uh, new season of Young Justice so far and and nothing else. <laughs> uh the woman's name is Tegan Croft and they have cast her as Raven. And her picture's up on the D C T V podcast. Excuse me. Yep. If you want to check her out. So, looking at her picture, it looks like they're casting her, like, super kind of young. Like, they cast, um, you know, uh, Bruce and Selina in Gotham. You know what I mean? That's who my cat's named after. Raven. Oh, yeah? Oh. Is she half-demon? Yes, she is. All cats are half demon, Jim. Come on. Yeah, that, that's true. We, we, half
2: demon, half god. Hello.
0: We just we just got a new kitten, actually. So. Um, the final performance of Adam West as Batman um, mm-hmm. versus William Shatner as Two Face will be uh, coming. Will be uh, out uh, October seventeenth on Blu-ray and digital. Uh, it's called oh. Batman versus Two Face. You've got Adam mm-hmm. West in his final uh, turn as Batman, and I'm glad I'm kind of glad Daryl's not here. Right. Sorry, since I actually talked about this. Uh, it also co-stars Burt Ward and Julie Newmar uh, mm. once again, and uh, William Shatner is playing Two-Face, <laughs> so. If you like that first one they did, uh, you know, Return of the 2 Yeah, if yeah. you're a fan of the old 66 show or whatever, then uh, it definitely had that flavor uh, on lock, so. I'm sure they'll do this in the next thing. Uh, we got to see pictures of the new, I guess it's the Justice League's version of the helicarrier. Heli- it's called the Flying Fox. Mm-hmm. It's this big-ass plane that Batman bought for them to fly around in. Yeah, okay. uh, It's huge. Um, it's, it's really, really big.
1: I look forward <laughs> to the Lego version of that when that comes out, because I
0: think that that's one of the ones they're planning that will be uh, that would be a, a pretty epic Lego. Uh, Teen Choice Awards. Melissa Benoist and Grant Gustin won.
2: Wow! Yay! Teen, Teen
0: Yay. So, Rich, you know you hanging out in the middle school to get those ballots in. That really worked for them. So.
1: Yeah, that's it. that that that's yeah. That's exactly why I hang out. In the yeah.
0: That's why you're at the middle uh, school. That's totally why you're at the middle school, isn't it?
1: Uh, sure.
0: Yeah, of course. That and some band candy. Uh, but like I said, join the, join the DCTV DC Podcast Facebook group uh, if you want to stay uh, abreast of things, especially when all the shows come back in September and October. There will be a lot of shows flying our way and a lot of more news to talk about. Summertime, it's always kind of slack, so that's why we slack while we can, so we can work doubly hard during the season watching like 25 shows a week or whatever it is. I can't even remember how many. Um, it's
1: a good thing I don't have a life.
0: I have a life. I just uh, am able to watch TV on my phone pretty much anywhere, so yeah, it's helpful. True, twenty first century. I saw a pretty funny uh, meme the other day. It was Doctor Manhattan sitting on Mars, you know, by himself, and it said the feel that feeling when you're on the phone, fo- you're on the toilet without your phone.
1: <laughs> oh my god, that is so
0: true. <laughs> uh, let's talk some preacher, guys. First of all, this season has been kicking ass. At least in my opinion. Seriously. I agree.
2: The only thing I can compare it to this season is Game of Thrones, which is just every episode is just knocking it out of
0: the park. Oh my god, Game of Thrones. Oh, able, we should have a whole other podcast just to talk about that, man.
2: I would be on that podcast.
0: That just the, to
1: talk about this last episode, we could that, spend hours on it.
0: that A-Team off to go kill the White Walkers or whatever? <laughs> that was great. Um, anyway, enough, enough of that. Let's talk about another good show. And it's been getting no, nothing but better all, all as it's been going on, in my opinion, anyway. Uh, episode six was called uh, Sokosha. And, uh, it starts out with kind of a weird segment of a guy coming to a dude's house and taking 15% of his soul. Um, it looks almost like he's drawing blood, but the, what he takes out is kind of sparkly and, and weird. And, uh, he gets uh, fifteen thousand or one hundred fifty thousand dollars for fifteen percent of his soul. Would you guys do that?
2: Sure. Uh, what soul? What, what, I mean, Yours. Like, I would bounce for in a minute. Yes.
0: For absolutely. Chubbs? Yeah, totally. I mean, I would that uh, too. But I mean, for your own.
2: Oh, I what soul? I don't have one. It's a congenital deformity of my deformity
1: uh, of mine. I would know you were a ginger. I forgot. I
2: was born without. a Without a, so thank you for bringing that up appreciate
0: it I wonder why we couldn't see you in the mirror in the hotel room at Heroes Con, now I know
1: I think that's because it was just up too high
0: it was kind of cre- it, 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 it was cool it was a cool and kind of creepy scene at the beginning that really you weren't sure what was going on because they really hadn't set this up all that well or, or before you know what I mean and it was kind of a haunting little thing going on there at the beginning. Um, this episode is when the uh, the Saint of Killers has found his way to where the preacher is. And they, and Jesse, Tulip, and Cassidy know it. So they need to figure out a way to slow the saint down. So where do they go? The library!
2: Yay!
0: <laughs> they go to the library. The Dewey Decimal System will never fail you. And it's really, uh, I really like uh, the uh, sequence because they've got like, not only do they have the actual comic books there on the table, like from the Preacher, like it was a little meta to have the Preacher comics there. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, but, I mean, they have like romance novels and have the audio book is like, did did you guys catch that one? And uh, join us for our next uh, part of History Psychopaths, number 48, when we talk about Dick Cheney. Yeah. Um, that was pretty yeah. hilarious, but I liked yes. that. I really liked that sequence and stuff. Um, yeah. they re- but they realized that, um, the saint it can't go to heaven because he doesn't have a soul and that's why he's able to, you know, to kill and kill and kill and not, and not die or whatever. So, um, while the saint of killer is holding Denis hostage, um, he bluffs his way, Jesse bluffs his way into a deal. He says, look, I know you want to join your dead wife and daughter in heaven. I can get you a soul. Give me an hour, and I'll do it. So the saint agrees not to kill Jesse outright, He gets if he promises to get him a soul in one hour. But the saint keeps Tulip and, Je- and Cassidy and Denis as hostages to make sure Jesse doesn't skip on him, right? So first they go to, um, he goes to New Orleans. He's in New Orleans, and actually he goes to a voodoo shop And did you notice that he introduces himself as Jesse Langelle? No,
1: I didn't catch that.
0: Yeah, yeah, because if you remember Angelville in the comic and, like, Grandma and why they wanted to make him a preacher and the last name Langelle and stuff, uh, that's a lot of backstory there from the comic for sure. When he said that, I was like, whoa, you know, (laughs) I was surprised he dropped that name very much because that means all that backstory is there, you know what I mean? They just haven't gotten yep. to it. You know what I mean? Yep. So, it's good to know. Um, but anyway, he finds out that the uh, all the uh, mom and pop voodoo shops have been pushed out by this soul happy go-go. Which are kind of go high tech on the art of soul dealing. So cute. And, and since Jesse has no time, yeah, I know. <laughs> he doesn't have any time left. Uh, he makes a homemade bomb, but it doesn't dent the truck. He ends up having to use his voice instead, and he convinces the employees to give him a soul to take back to the saint. Unfortunately, like blood, again, none of these souls match the saint's type. So Jesse rolls up his sleeve and donates 1% of his own soul to take back to the saint. And it turns out they're yeah. a ma- because they're a match, somehow. Um, so he comes back, he gives the saint a fragment of his own soul, and once he does that, the only reason the saint is immune to Genesis is because it works through the soul. Now the saint has part of a soul, Jesse's word can work on him. He tells him to drop the guns, he marches him into the back of the armored truck that he stole the soul stuff from, and drives him into the city and dumps him in a swamp. Which again, I felt bad it, for him. I was like, oh, alright, he's going to get to go and see his daughter and all that. Poor guy. I just thought it was dumb, because like, you know those soul dealers are going to come looking for the damn armored car, all right? right? Right. They're going to open up to get their, their shit out of there, and he's just going to pop out, and he's going to be just as evil with, like, one percent of a soul, you know?
1: Well, hmm? and I'm... I'm, uh, I'm sure that they have, like, GPS or something in that truck, so they're going right. to...
2: Like, yeah. All that value attached to, their, to the souls and stuff, that's they a lot have of
0: stock. to... Have, yeah, that's absolutely. a lot of stock. Yeah. Yep. The end Are of the me? episode, uh, Jesse... Heads to a nearby plantation called Angelville. I was like, whoa, Angelville! He digs under some bathroom tiles, pulls out a cache of guns. And when we first saw Jesse at the beginning of the episode, he was looking at himself in the bathroom mirror. Um, Now he's like like smiling, and at the end of this, he's like sober and grim. And now he's armed. And that's the end of the episode. Pretty damn cool. This is almost like a Constantine thing that he did to him, I thought. Yeah, yeah, I can kind uh, of see that. This is totally something Constantine would do. I miss Constantine. Me too. Uh. I give this episode an A, man. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, I
1: have to agree. I mean, and not j- this season overall, I don't think there's been an episode that I've even slightly had an issue with. I think it's just been one after another has been just better and better and better. And uh, this one and the other two we're going to talk about, I mean, it's like, just when I'm like, oh, this is definitely the best episode of the season, the next week happens, you know?
2: Right. There's more. (laughs) Uh, It's been great, but I I was left with a lot of questions when he disposed temporarily of the saint of killers. Like, did he not try to send them to hell or heaven or what have you because he's afraid part of his soul that's with the saint of killers would be locked away with him, And that might be an issue for him. I mean, that he would be damned because of it.
0: Well, I thought about that. that.
2: I mean, it left me with a whole lot of questions and no
0: answers,
2: which is, but I hope they answer them.
0: I don't think they, I I don't know. I like it. I uh, I didn't think it was too many questions without answers. It was like answers that led to more questions, which I don't mind. You know, it seems no, make, I like.
1: Well, yeah,
0: is um,
2: trying to imply these, they're related. Is that why their souls match? Sure, that's that's kind of cool to explore as well.
0: Well, if they go through that Langelle, um, um story part, you'll kind of understand maybe how they might be related. Okay. Again, like a Perfect. book thing. I don't want to spoil. And okay. what he does to the Saint of Killers is almost is like a visual, um, like a reference almost to something that happens to him okay. in the book as a kid, okay. awesome. like. Yeah. You know. I mean if you you've read it, right, Chubb? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. That, I thought that was pretty great. Um and <laughs> but I just think it's just opening up for more storylines later. I mean those the sold men like you said, Jerry, they gotta have GPS with all that stock in that car and you know, they're gonna they're gonna track it down. You know, they're gonna find him and you know what who the Santa killers is gonna be gunning for as soon as he gets out of there, so he'd be back where they started really. So But <laughs> well, he doesn't
1: have push. his
0: he doesn't have his guns though. My question, yeah, that's
1: true. My question, though, in this response to what you were saying, Jerry, is I get the impression that once you take on, a, you consume a soul, it becomes Mm -hmm. your soul. So I would think that Jesse thinking, you know, because I had that thought for a minute um, that it's he doesn't want to send his piece of his soul to either. But then I was thinking about it. I mean, if if. If the Santa Killers or whoever's body would suddenly be able to respond to Jesse's uh, word, mm-hmm. then that means it's theirs now, right?
2: Okay, so oh, a possession is nine-tenths of the soul. Okay, got it. <laughs> I mean,
1: I don't know. That's just what I, I was thinking on
2: that. So. No take back. I get it.
0: <laughs> but I give that episode nay. Yeah. So it was yep. great. Definitely. Next episode, episode seven is called Pig. Why is it called Pig? Well, let me All tell right. you. At the very beginning of the episode, a pig flies in Vietnam or is it Indonesia? It's, Somewhere it's a what like... to do. Yeah. <laughs> this pig, this pig didn't have wings, though, so it just starts flying. It's a miracle. So, and this will lead I... later into us meeting Hair Star and some other cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, in New Orleans. They decide they want to cut loose a little bit and they figure out a way they're going to scam this bar in New Orleans where people get shot. They they put on Kevlar. They Only select, in the South. Only select,
1: in the South would this be.
0: They select the caliber of firearm they'll be shot with. And the bigger the gun, the bigger the payout. And then you pray you survive enough health to enjoy all the cash, right? Yeah. What they don't know is they have Cassidy, who's a vampire,
3: <laughs>
0: and uh, they they play it up as Tulip uh, being Cassidy's girlfriend and Jesse as a preacher trying to talk him out of it. And this and this has some some like weird stuff going on with the triangle with Cassidy and Tulip and Jesse because
1: yeah, there's some you know, definite
0: weird look exchanges between. Plus Jesse. they're able to yeah. Plus they're able to yeah. kiss like uh, Tulip and Cassidy are able to kiss like right in front of right. Jesse and not like you know. And then when they go to shoot Cassidy, he dies from a gunshot wound. And everybody runs out of there and they leave a box full of money and a bar full of booze. So um, Cassidy goes on a solo bender. Uh, Jesse and Tulip spend the night at Denny's place before they argue and go apart again. Um, Tulip is dealing, having, having some serious PTSD after dealing with the Santa killers. Right. She keeps having these really nesting doll-type nightmares. Um, and Jesse's still trying to figure out what happens, and he, you know, now that he sold 1% of his soul. Yeah. Um, but while they're going through all that, we meet Hair Star. We briefly met him a few weeks ago, but Pig really, like, takes us inside to Hairstar. Um, the episode begins. He goes to Vietnam to investigate the pig that we saw flying, um... He uh, arrives at a small village and sees the pig for himself, and he is displeased that it looks like a miracle. He's not not happy about that. Um, a series of flashbacks: we go to uh, 2004. Uh, Hair Star has been invited to uh, audition for a key role in The Grail. Again, more cool stuff from the book showing up in the show. As long as he can beat out a few dozen other candidates in a series of mental and physical challenges. Um, uh, Hairstar races through an obstacle course he yawns through an elaborate torture in which his genitals are electrocuted and he defeats a wrestler by distraction by masturbating while stuck in a household <laughs> <to> <him. laughs>
2: he's a genius
0: um, There's there's also a scene where he is asked to demonstrate how he would seduce information out of a woman And he does so by threatening to kill her and her family. (laughs) Um, So in the end, Hairstar and his rival are asked to square off in a marksmanship contest. And when the rival earns a near-perfect score, Hairstar just turns and shoots him in the head. That's the way to do it. And just like that, Hairstar is the last man standing, and he's invited to join the Grail. And evidently, the Grail has been around for about 2,000 years. Um, and according to Hairstar's new boss, uh, Jesus had a secret child and they've kept his lineage pure. Uh, the grail has for thousands of years, <laughs> but when the world ends and Jesus returns, they're going to unveil the child to the world and he will be the Messiah and they will be behind him. And that's how they're going to rule the world. Sounds like pinky in the brain. Uh, Star's job is to ensure that Jesus Christ remains a dominant spiritual figure by snuffing out. Anyone or anything that might attract its own religious following, Um, and it's a task that the ruthless Hair Star is perfectly suited for. And as soon as he gets all the information, Hair Star throws his boss off a balcony and takes over. That was great. I am, I am uh, pleased for this opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's
1: one way to get ahead.
0: I really. Anyway, uh, Hair Star, I don't know, man, is picture perfect from the comic, for sure. And this is kind of stuff that was yeah, in the comic about how he came up. And uh, the actor's name is uh, Pip Torrens. He was in uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens, Pride and Prejudice, uh, a few other movies or whatever. But he's, like, pitch perfect as, uh, as Hair Star, I think, oh. anyway. I, was I, I agree. It's, like, right off the page. So, back in 2017, uh, Hairstar deals with a floating pig by killing not only... The pig, but by poisoning the water supply of the entire village. And then uh, off, off, off screen you hear a scientist that kind of sounds like Stephen Hawking telling a newscaster mm-hmm. about some vaguely scientific nonsense about the pig and uh, that's to ensure the cult, that a cult won't rise up to worship it, you know. Um, and then uh, he learned, and his next target, Jesse Custer. Um, we also found out, I, mean, I forgot to mention the last episode, that we found out that Denny is Cassidy's son. Right. And there's a sub-plot, you know. subplot in this episode where Denny wants Cassidy to bite him. Instead of dying from heart disease, he could be a vampire. And then Cassidy refuses until uh, he goes out in a bender that he ends up waking up in the morgue. This subplot through these
1: three episodes has been kind of my favorite, one of my favorite pieces to this season. I, I really liked that, even to where it got to this last episode.
2: It's been moving.
0: I like the idea of a couple of guys in golf carts driving around New Orleans and sorting <laughs> piles into the pile, put two piles drunk and dead. And dead. <laughs> That was pretty great. And it I also made me know, think
1: of uh, Monty Python.
0: Bring out your dad. <laughs> I'm not dead yet. <laughs> I'll get better. Um, I also really enjoyed the, uh, um, uh, the 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 Grail's previous victims were Charlem like included Charlemagne, uh, Abraham Lincoln, and John Belushi. Yeah, I was like, wait, one of these is not like the other.
2: <laughs> um, I don't know. He had a big following. I mean, yeah,
0: hey, I, I was a huge True. Belushi fan when I was a kid. So. Yeah. Anywho, and we deal with more of uh, like I said, tulips PTSD. So that was pig. This is a pretty great episode as well. <laughs> I know I yeah. sound like Polly, Pollyanna, but like I've I really thought the season's been strong. You're
1: so not far. wrong, man. It's it's like I said. It's one. At, just as soon as I'm like they can't top this, the next week happens. It's Sorry. they have just done a phenomenal job, and this this one I really like this one.
2: I'm going to go out on a limb and say not even Daryl could nay say the excellence of this season.
0: Whoa, that's pretty. I bold know it's st- pretty one, bold I know.
2: Cross-
1: right. One cross- drawback back. to it, though, Jerry, is that this season is so good that it makes season one seem even more boring. <laughs> you know.
2: You know what? I, I'm fine with the setup. I'm fine with the slow build. I grew I up in yeah. movies, okay? I'm fine with, with us getting to know the lay of the land and that being slow moving and not satisfying. I'm fine with that. I'm a grown-ass woman, Chubb. Grown-ass <laughs> woman.
0: <laughs> Our next episode is called Holes. Episode What's 8. Uh, we haven't seen Eugene for a couple of weeks. Uh, and, the, and we we uh, join him back in hell, and he has gotten like uh, he's gone like Cape Fear, like he wrote Tracy in a tattoo in big gothic letters on the on his back. <laughs> he's like working out trying to get you know buff or whatever. And it turns out that all the power outages and weird stuff that's happening in hell is happening because someone is down there that doesn't belong there. And Eugene, of course, doesn't want to act like... He doesn't want to be the one that doesn't belong. But Hitler thinks it's him. So he trips a nun, and Eugene helps her up and does something nice. And for that, he gets busted and sent into the hole. Now, the hole is kind of a variation on the hell traditional punishment. Instead of the worst moment on your life, life on a loop, um, the hole relies on an additional piece of technology called an extrapolator. So it takes the memory, and it makes it match your worst fear. So he goes back, and instead of Tracy rejecting him, turning the gun on herself, and then Eugene trying to kill himself, in this version, she loves him back, and they sing Semisonic's Closing Time to each other (laughs) in a duet. Closing Time. But after all that, like, glorious joy that Eugene feels... She's like, he tells him that he's already too late. And she hooks up with Jesse right in front of Eugene. And uh, as Eugene is sobbing as a shotgun to his chin, Jesse urges him to shoot himself. And he gets off just as Eugene pulls the trigger. So that would totally,
1: totally suck. Have we addressed the, speaking of just bad dreams and stuff, have we addressed the whole thing with Tulip? In that last episode and this one, where I, yeah, I think it's obvious that there's some sort of psychic link that the Santa Killers has to her, or something from their encounter. I'm not sure there, but she definitely knows. She doesn't know she knows knows, but she knows that no, that know. Santa Killer is is still alive
0: I or undead. I- Whatever. Yeah, I did I did mention that. She had, like, these PTSD flashbacks, and she had these dreams that were, like, nesting dolls. Yeah, I mentioned that earlier. Um, uh, Eugene is trapped in his own self-contained micro-narrative in hell. Uh, it looks like it's not going to be much better on Earth. Um, Cassidy is watching Denise die, and, uh, Cassidy, but it, Cassidy's repeatedly refused to turn him into a vampire because of how unhappy he is as a vampire. I mean, I don't know. If you if you're dying of a terminal disease, would you want to be a vampire?
1: Yes. Probably. Um, yeah, pr- I, well, I don't I don't know. I don't know as far as answering that question, but I would think though part of his being miserable is the fact that he has to live this uh, eternal life or, you know, where Right, people around him are dying and everything. And to me, this would be a good thing for him. He'd have somebody that is his, you know, that will be there and and through you know ages and ages and decades and on. But not only that, but it's your son, you know. So I, I don't, I don't see why he's having such a drawback to it. I mean, I guess I get it, but, but well, we yeah.
2: saw it in the last episode. We saw it that what what actually happens to a fledgling vampire. But we'll get to that later.
0: Well also, I mean, if you were to bite him now, would he still be like an old man and wheezy and like you know, not That's in good I'm health, thinking. but also but also a vampire too? I mean That's what so I was he, wondering. You'd be like immortally in bad health. I mean, I don't know if that would be cool or not. Well um, we learn that this episode, do we not? Yeah, we do. The um Tulip is having uh, more PTSD episodes while she's trying to fix things in the kitchen. And... Lara Featherstone, also from the Grail, has been put in a nearby uh, apartment to monitor Jessie. Featherstone masquerades as a woman hiding out from a violent ex, but Tulip senses there's something up with her. She doesn't quite figure out what it is. The two women kind of tentatively bond over blueberry cereal... And a hypothetical plan to go to the Hurt Locker, which was the bar they were at last episode. Um, Jesse, on the other hand, goes to Circuit Works, a Best Buy-like electronics store. And a couple of geeks there help him analyze the God Audition tape.
1: What were they uh, calling it? The Nerd
0: Bin? Yeah, something like something that.
1: Something like when that. Ner- was, I don't remember what it was, but it made me laugh.
0: Yeah, the thing is, though, like he's sitting in a chair... And every screen behind him says Grail Industries. And he Yeah,
3: it's
0: you know, right. just like, Come on, man, can you put it a little further into his face right. maybe or yeah. You know. Um but anyway they uh put it, they enhance the reflection in the film. It's not a face, it's a coffee pot, so he's a dead end. Um and as the geeks are shredding the disc we see stamped on there is the logo for Grail Industries. Oopsies. All they had to do is look at the disc.
2: That's it, that's all. That's all. Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, It's not clear at the end of the episode whether Cassidy will bite Denny and turn him into a vampire, but it looks like the kind of expression you'd have right before you suck somebody's blood. It did. And uh, we also, this is the first episode where we hear Cassidy's first uh, name, same as in the book. Uh, Prontius. Spelled spelled, of course, in the Irish way, P-R-O-I-N-S-I-A-S. But Pronounced Prontius. Um, that was episode eight. And this was more of a connecting episode for me, so I'm going to go down to a B. Instead of, you know, the other, the other episodes kind of had, like, one major like story arc thrust behind them, or whatever. This was more like, oh, well, let's catch up on each character individually. You know? So, I was fine with that. I just, um... I don't know.
2: I really like the Hurt Locker stuff. That that made it an A for me. That It's so... Dark and unexpected, and you have the female character—that's the one that's the the thrill junkie. I, I really loved that
1: I don't know. So, a. Yeah, I I I'm, I agree in a, straight across.
0: Uh, episode nine, puzzle piece. Uh, was this episode's uh, name? Jesse's looking for God on YouTube, everybody. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, it's amazing
0: it, the things you'll find on YouTube. I mean, well, really. It is. It really is. Oh, I can't, oh, can't argue with that at all. Uh, he ends up finding a dude who claims he saw God on a piece of toast. Um, there's a long a- action sequence shot from the perspective of a Grail Operator's night vision camera. And that was pretty cool. Um, the last uh, few minutes of the episode, Harris Stark finally confronts Jesse in person. And offers to help him find God. Which is interesting. Uh, Anyway. Um, The episode begins. There's still uh, Tulip and and, uh, and Jesse and Cassidy are still kind of passively mad at each other. Um, Tulip kind of mocks Jesse discomfort with uh, her getting shot in the chest for money hobby. (laughs) And... um, Jesse uses Genesis to help Tulip sleep because her dreams now have gotten so bad she can't do it. She can't sleep anymore. So uh, all this is being watched by the Grail. Um, Lara Featherstone believes Jesse is a big deal. Hairstar isn't convinced. What was the
1: sexist remark he made? Something about a wo- uh, it's a, a woman obeying a man's wish or something like that. That it... Whatever it was he said, I was like, that is so such a Nazi thing to say, (laughs) which is perfect for this
0: character. I like Tara Starr's line, I have a date, kill them all. (laughs) Um, Starr's date is with the daughter of Louisiana's governor. And it culminates in him making her stand silent and topless with a stick of butter tucked under her chin. The kill-them-all order turns out to kind of underestimate Jesse and his battles. Tulip is asleep when a small group of Grail soldiers bust into the building, but Jesse, using the word Cassidy and Denis, who is now a vampire, as we see, um, it was kind of implied in the ending of the episode before, uh, they make short work of the attackers. Uh, the heroes hole up in the apartment waiting for the next strike. Jesse uses Genesis to amass a small army of cops to guard the building. Uh, On the vice of Lara Featherstone, uh, Hairstar deploys a drone missile called Brad uh, to blow up the apartment building and kill them all in one shot. But it doesn't happen, of course. Um, Hairstar ends up having an epiphany about Jesse while he's getting raped by a trio of male prostitutes. Family show, everyone. Family show. (laughs) There you go. Go with that. Sure. So, pretty fun. Pretty fun. The uh, the the whistle gets uh, rerouted and ends up uh, striking the home of Larry Connick Jr., killing him instantly. And the attack is eventually blamed on Armenian separatists.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The brand, the the random celebrity deaths are killer. Seriously. Yeah, Tom
0: Cruise in season
1: one. They haven't popped the, the Tom Cruise one, though. I mean, that,
2: that I so random. I mean, Harry Connick Jr. is just so random. Come on.
0: Right. I, I, I like Well, he I is New Orleans' it. favorite son, you know.
2: Yes, That's a good call.
0: For sure. Uh, and it
2: guys... stuff, so that's timely-ish, right?
0: There's a scene of uh, Denis dancing. With himself celebrating his newfound vampirism. Uh, cool. Br- Brad stands for Battle Ready Remote Operated Aerial Drone. So, in case you wanted to know. Should have guessed that.
2: Oh, right. That was my second guess, obviously.
0: Yeah, as the prostitutes are raping Star in his office, Star's eyes focus on the Jesse Custer file. And then that's what causes his epiphany while he's getting anally raped. That uh, Jesse's missing puzzle piece. Huh?
2: His piece was straight bliss. That was brilliant. I loved that scene. Oh, my God.
0: I mean, it's it's right out of the book. I mean, Hair star is like, has a lot of weird sex things going on in the book.
2: I love that. I really love that. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, and
0: the epiphany was, while getting raped baby. by male prostitutes. Yeah. Like I said, no, no, came. but I
2: mean, the look at his face. It was like his, his, his aha or eureka moment. But it was such an unlikely setting for such a thing. I, right. I thought he would have killed all the process. I thought he was it was cut and dry. He was gonna kill all of them. But no, he was just taking it and he's like, Oh my missing puzzle piece.
0: Right. Beautiful. <laughs> it
2: was brilliant.
0: Yeah, it was fun of it. Yeah, this season's been pretty great so far. Uh I give this one an A minus. Uh it had a really good action scene in it. I liked that a lot. And uh, it's been really, really good. And I'm glad they're, uh, I, it's cool to me to see all these, like, um, ideas coming over from the book that I wasn't sure whether they were going to or not, you know what I mean?
1: Right,
0: yeah. Uh, like, Angelville and, like, Hair Star and the Grail and the whole, you know, bloodline of Jesus, you know. Can't wait till we meet that guy. Um, but, yeah, I've been really enjoying it so far, so, you know, give, the, give this one an A-minus. I just to me it's
1: been consistently great through the season, so this one just stays like with the rest of them. I give it an A. I,
2: I give it an A plus. It was so unexpected, and it was so and like characters that you didn't think were a big deal, kind of really shined. Like the the age, the female agent that was having a relationship with the other agent, and she was really ready to like. You don't know if she was ready to kill him, shoot him in the head, or like help help Hair Star shoot him in the head or if she was stalling for time and she wanted to present this idea of hers and you didn't care because she was just that freaking brilliant. And then the aha moment, I, I give it an A plus and the music in it when the, when his son is just dancing and he's feeling alive and he didn't advance, like decrease the aging process, but you can tell he's obviously not sick, which totally answered my question. It was, it was gleeful. I smiled a lot during this episode. Like, I, I'm not even half smile I really smiled.
0: And I gotta it give nice. it, and I gotta give it to um, uh, AMC for like letting him go there. You know what I mean? Like really, like yeah. not not holding back yeah, on, on the story at all. No. I mean, it could have be easily been watered down or whatever. Um, Julianne that. Emery is great as Featherstone. I think she hits like a really yeah. good good tone there of that character. Beautiful. Um, it was very. I'm beautiful. really, I'm really there. digging Ian Coletti as, as Eugene. Like his especially with all that crap on his face and everything, all the um, the makeup and everything. I mean, like this scene in this one, or the scene in the earlier one where he's like reliving, you know, his uh, thing with Tracy and stuff, and you get to see his real face, and you're like, oh, right, that's what he's supposed to look like, you know. Um,
2: You're reminding me of Edward Norton in um, American Me, like when he just totally went from from geek to freaking just bully. I'm like, whoa.
0: Yeah. totally reminded. me. You mean American History X?
2: Yes, absolutely. Oh, okay. I mean, not yeah, yeah. same, I, well, you know what I meant. Yes, no, American that's totally History what they, X. That's totally
0: what they're going for, though, because, like you said, they have the big tattoo on his back and stuff. Yes!
2: He looked He's like, like working he Working out and everything. Us. Absolutely, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes.
0: But it's been really inventive, really smart and funny. It's been, I mean, it's been one of my favorite shows of the summer. And probably this in Defenders and uh, Game of Thrones, you know, for sure. Yes. Game of Thrones has been so awesome. Defenders,
1: I'm five episodes in, and it's been pretty good. I'm Mm -hmm. digging
0: it. Okay, well, thanks for joining us for some DCTV. We really appreciate it, and we will be back in a few more weeks. Again, we're on our summer schedule, so, you know, until the rest of the shows kick in, uh, we will be doing the the every three weeks uh, thing. So when the next uh, three episodes of Preacher, next four episodes of Preacher rack up, we'll be here again to talk about them. And by that time, we will be into late September and just about to launch not only uh, Lucifer and Gotham at the end of September, but then at the beginning of October with all the other CW shows. Um, so we'll be back Yay. in full, full business then. So clear your calendars. Clear your dance cards, kids. Um, real fast, if I can plug something, because, you know, it's my podcast, so I think I will. Um, we're, we got this new show on the Taylor Network. It's also available on goodpencil.com. It's called Spirit of 77, Heavy Gigs in Seaside City. Okay? And what we've done is we've taken a role-playing game set in the world of 1970s TV action movies and TV shows and turned it into a radio play. So you're listening to the story being told in in the role-playing game in, like, this fictional 70s... Like black exploitation, kung fu, TV action world, and then sound effects are being put in later, soundtrack, uh, you know, ambient noise. Uh, it's, it's the most you know audio editing I've done on any podcast before. Uh, the first episode will be up by the time you hear this. It's kind of an alpha version. The beta is turning out even better than that. Um, we have the uh, the makers of the game are on board as sponsors, so um, that's really cool. Uh, check it out. It's called Spirit of 77, uh, Heavy Gigs in Seaside City. If you're a fan of, like, like I said, 70s or 80s um, uh, TV, action movies, or, um, you know, action TV or action movies, you know, if you like Shaft or Smokey and the Bandit or Megaforce or Six Million Dollar Man, or that's the world that this, uh, this what? Uh, st- story takes place.
2: Shook, Beretta, Starskin Hutch.
0: Exactly. mundo. Uh, One of of the guys, uh, Bob France, the cartoonist, is in the game, and he plays a character who is, he has the voice of Dusty Rhodes, the wrestler. He's like a washed-up wrestler who's now a private eye. Um, I kind of put music behind him like Rockford, you know, he's kind of got that kind of vibe going on. Um, We have uh, another character who is uh, basically Fran Drescher as an arms dealer and disco owner in the 70s. Um, I play a character named Johnny Sparks, who is a rocker with a robot arm. Uh, it's it's a super super amount of fun and really really fu- uh, uh, cool project we've been working on. So like I said, it'll be on the Taylor Network this week. Give it a, give it a listen, see what you think. Uh, also, Walking Dead TV podcast will be back with Fear the Walking Dead in a few weeks. It's what like two weeks, right? Middle of September. Yeah, so, something so. like that. It's like right after Labor Day or something. So keep your ears open for that at HHWLOD. Uh, anything else you guys want to plug or promote or say or? shout out or I'm a dinosaur
2: oh, wow. <laughs> you, you're what I'm a dinosaur
0: <laughs> cool when did
2: that happen I went to the chiropractor and they did my little spinal x-rays and your normal spine is supposed to curve up where your skull goes and mine comes straight forward because I'm a dinosaur I might be Targaryen don't be jealous
0: Just. I'll, try not, I'll try not to be Okay, all right. Jerjerosaurus.
1: I, I was thinking. Po- yeah, she posted that that skull X-ray, and it was pretty amazing. There, there I was, there was nothing
2: Jarosaurus, in there. Nothing. Try Jarosaurus Rex. You shut up. <laughs> <Jarosaurus> <laughs> try Rex. Rex. Yes. Yep, that's me.
0: Fair enough. Well, cool. Until next time, uh, we have more DC TV to talk about and uh, more news to go through. Thanks, guys, for joining me. Appreciate it. Yep. And, uh, oh. we are ghosts. Good night.
3: Yay! It hurts.